Here we go with the John Curley Sherry Elliger Show. Man, it is really snowing here in the clum, Sherry. I bet it's so pretty. Mm, I'm kind of getting sick of it, but it is pretty. I dated a girl that was really, really pretty, and I got sick of her, too. Eh, it happens. It does. Very yeah. boring. Diving into the <laughs> Okay. This is not news, but we thought he'd play it for you anyway. It's not news because Joe Biden can't speak. But um, who was he talking to when he went to read this thing about Abraham Lincoln? Where was he? He was um, at the governor's ball, which is where all the governors from all the states get together. And he's, of course, the keynote speaker. Ah, mm-hmm. So it's after 430 because he normally doesn't do things. They call it the lid. That's where there's no more public or private things that are the president's basically the lid is on so that the president doesn't do anything after a certain amount of time. But we heard from his um, press secretary and others that he does more in one day that people do in a whole week, month or year or something. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to make this thing right. I feel bad for the guy. It's sort of like, you know, at this point, just. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, stand here in front of this portrait. The man behind me here, Abraham Lincoln. He uh, he said, and I want to make sure I get the quote exactly right. He said, "Good luck." The better angels, he said, we must address the council and address the better angels of our nature. And we. This is a quote from Abraham Lincoln, who is also suffering from dementia, apparently. We do and we do well to remember what else he said. He said, "We're not enemies, but we're friends." It's the middle. It's in the in the part of the Civil War. He said, we're not enemies, we're friends. We must not be enemies. Folks, and I've been around, I know I don't Oof. look it, I've been around a long while. <laughs> and uh, ner- I mean laughter. this sincerely. We've gotten, politics has gotten too bitter. <laughs> okay. Do you want to hear what he was trying to say? Yes. Though passion may have strained, it must not break our bonds of uh, affection. And he went on to say, as I scroll down, the mystic mm-hmm. chords of memory stretching from every battlefield and patriot gave grave early to to every living heart and health stone all over this broad land will yet swell the chorus of the union when again touched as surely they will be by the better angels of our nature. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sherry. Wow, he almost nailed it. <laughs> so close just this far away it's not in news anymore thank uh, you for tolerance for listening to me i appreciate it very much thank you uh the other news is biden's going to go down to the border uh trump's going to be at the border i tried to find out who made the announcement first who was going to the border but um i don't know if it's trump or biden because one tries to trump the other uh, when it comes to news coverage, but uh, I don't even know where Trump's going to be in comparison where Joe Biden's going to be. Um, but he's going to make a trip down there to see all the great work he's done. 456 changes that were made to the border um, under Biden. The first thing he did, one of the first things he did right after he was sworn in, he reversed just about everything that Joe, that uh, Trump had put in place. It was like everything he did, we hate. So got rid of all of it. And then 450 some additional changes to the border. And now people see this as the biggest issue for them when it comes to the election. What's happening at the border, Two million, 10 million people coming into this country. Of course, the sad story of the woman that was out running uh, in Georgia. She was a student. I think she was a nurse student, nursing student. Uh, she was murdered by an illegal alien. You wouldn't know that. Uh, AP 
to find the guy when they wrote the story as an Athens resident. Uh, he was in New York. They caught him in New York, and then he left New York. He was charged in New York. He left New York, went down to Georgia, and attacked and uh, killed this woman while she was out running. The story primarily was about uh, why it's important for women to run um, either in daylight, let people know where they're going, run with a buddy, all the things, because it's so important that women you know, are taking extra care. The other case, interestingly enough, that AP brought up was another woman that was killed while out running, also killed by an illegal alien. So it's like, but they don't say that because they don't want to bring that up because they, oh, we don't want to make, you know, create more problems. They don't want to, you know, point out that stuff. But this is what people are concerned about. You have so many people coming into this country. Uh, you don't know how many are good and how many are bad. You know, if you get, if a thousand come in and one has ill intent, um, then that one person is a big concern. You know, and they always say, well, you know, illegal aliens, uh, they commit less crimes than native born. Well, you don't even know if that's the real number, because in most states, when they bring the person in, like in the city of Seattle, you're not allowed to ask about the person's nationality. So they have no good data on it. So they can't track on that kind of stuff. And it's irrelevant anyway to the argument, because they set up all sorts of stuff. If you're coming in from another country and you want to visit for a little while, they make you jump through a whole bunch of process. They ask to see a whole bunch of things. They want to see, you know, where you're going to go. They want to know how long you're going to be in the country for, for what your purpose is, why you're coming in. And they put all this stuff in place so that they know who's coming in. But obviously, they're at the border. It doesn't really matter. You've, everyone has seen the video at this point of the people that just go around that barbed wire there down at that uh, that guy's huge property. They go right around the wall, come right up this little dirt path, and just come pouring in. And then they're given an app that they're used in order to sort of walk, work their way through the process. So the president is heading down there to try to do something about it. If he says, I would, if Congress would vote, it has nothing to, they don't need to vote on the thing. He, just like he reversed a lot of this other stuff, they could fix it. They could stop it anyway by stay in Mexico. They could do that. They did this other thing. They said, okay, if you come in, because under the, uh, I think it's the Ferris or Flores Act, that you weren't allowed to hold a kid for any more than, I think, like 48 hours. So, so that was a problem. So then people were coming in with kids. Well, this is my nephew. So then that way they want to separate the parents from the kid, so they just let them all through. Then they set this thing up, but they're just sending kids, just kids, everybody under the age of 18. So there's a huge supply for the sex trafficking uh, that happens with children into the United States because they would go to the parents and say, we'll get your kid into the United States, and then we'll find a place for your kid. The parent figures, well, if I get my kid in there, at least I get one in out of the abject poverty and um, the, the general disorder that is existing in some of these other countries. So they send their kid in, and then they're brought in, processed, and off they go, and then who knows where they go from there. So you're going to see more stories if somebody cares to cover it. I think the sex trade operations and that industry, it just – really going to be having a unfortunate field day as it destroys these kids lives because more and more children are coming in uh un, unaccounted for and unattended um when mayorkas was asked about that by senator holly he didn't know and he sort of tried to you know um do a very very long answer and holly kept cutting him off and says well you don't know the number but i do know the number i can tell you how many unaccounted for minors have come into this country in the last year and it's shocking. And, and where they are, nobody knows. They don't keep track of any of that. So.
Sad to see. Donald Trump has to come up with the 450-some million dollars. It's this law that was hardly ever used is used on Donald. And now in order to appeal the case of the 450-some million that he has to pay, he needs to pony up that dough. And they do that because they don't want you to delay. And if you lose, then they've got the money. So he is trying to come up with it. I saw they started a GoFundMe campaign. It's already raised more than a million and some dollars, but he's nowhere near what he needs to give. How much more does he have to come up with? Well, I guess, you know, this is amazing. Uh, they've retooled the numbers a little bit. So now just the interest is yeah. $118,000 a day. Oh, okay. So it's been, I mean, it's just a huge amount of money. And he's got to pay $454 million. Right. Right. I, and when people go, nobody was hurt by this, you don't, you, but you don't need anybody. Normally, there's a defendant that must be made whole, and that's where the law steps in. In this case, everybody got paid everything they're supposed to get paid, but this, they brought this, they found it, and they're going to just push this through. Trump spoke at CPAC over the weekend. It was like a two-hour-long speech. It was, oh, God. Oh, my God. It just goes on and on and on and on. He brings up all this sort of stuff and all the people hooting and hollering and cheering and screaming for him the whole time and, you know, going to fight this. But, boy, living under that kind of worrying about that kind of thing, $450 million and the, the interest going up every single day for him. Hey, well, um, he, yeah, hmm? he filed an appeal today. Oh, yeah. Right. So, well, good luck with that. Yeah, officially it's it's under appeal, but what he has to do in order to get that transaction moving, it, it's still going to require a lot of money. <sighs> hmm. I remember when I short sold our house because all our neighbors just left the keys on the table and left. This is in two thousand what eight nine, and I called this a lawyer, and he said, "You have to show that you haven't paid for eighteen months in order for us to start to file." And it was he said. It's going to be extremely stressful for you. I'm going to recommend that you don't answer the phone when you get calls from HSBC. That's who gave us the loan on the house. And you're going to get all these big envelopes in the mail. Just don't even open them. Just throw them in the garbage. Put your head down and just wait. And then we're going to short sale the house like so many other people were forced to do. And it was really stressful. I can't imagine knowing that you're basically broke. He doesn't have enough money. He can't campaign. He needs to be able to get campaign dollars, but they're taking that funds from his campaign, helping to pay down a lot of this stuff. And um, they're doing what they wanted to do is just not have him be a viable candidate for people. And um, that's why maybe Nikki Haley continues to stay in, although she got crushed in her own state of South Carolina. It was 60-40. She took 40% mm -hmm. of the votes. She's still staying in there. I saw one of the Koch brothers, the last Koch brother still alive, is no longer funding her, so she's losing some money there. But she still wants to stay in the race. I guess just only because if Trump drops out, she's there. It's like that story of the... Um, it was the ice skating um, as a long track. I think that's what it was. It was the Salt Lake Games. There were three guys that were in first, second, and third, gold, silver, bronze. They all fell down in the final turn, if you remember that or not, Jerry. And this guy from Australia, who was way behind, all of a sudden he's like, comes across the finish like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I won. I won. I won. They all wiped out as they came around. So maybe Nikki Haley will pull a fast one and get into first place if – Trump gets knocked out of there. Martha Stewart, for some reason, I don't know why. Uh, maybe she's just trying to get some publicity or something like that. I don't know why she needs it. But she has uh, made a uh, stunning revelation, Sherry, that she 
No underwear for me, according to Martha Stewart. And for some reason, we have bit on this story. So the part that I thought was weird, I mean, not wearing underwear is a little bit weird, but there are people that don't wear it. And she's certainly, it's her prerogative not to. But instead of underwear, she wears a bathing suit wherever she goes in case she Mm. wants to swim. Okay. Then she was at this thing called the Old Bags Luncheon. It's a very exclusive uh, Palm Beach luncheon, and it's mm-hmm. not for old bags. It's for people that are selling or auctioning off really oh, okay. beautiful designer bags. So she mm-hmm. was there, and she said, listen, I don't wear skims. I don't wear any of that stuff. I just wear a bathing suit because if I want to swim. But but how many times, what, what, what? you're going to come across a swimming hole? You're going to come across a river you want to jump into? Like with, wouldn't Martha Stewart have the ability to have a personal assistant carry along a swimsuit in their, in their bag? You would think, and and also, how often is she exposed to bodies of water where all of a sudden she's just going to run and jump in? I know, I know. Why why do you need to prepare for a swim at six o'clock in the morning when you may not even go to wherever there's a swim until? Five or six in the evening. Or I mean, later. it's a good question. Uh, a great question. Yeah, it is a great question. I've I've interviewed her two or three times and did a cooking segment with her. She does not have a sense of humor. She's not a. <laughs> she doesn't want you to joke around. No, no, do 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 do. A um, friend of mine is a Martha Stewart impersonator, and uh-huh. she went to one of her book signings um, and showed up. You know, and she looks just like her. She showed up with it, and Martha Stewart was not playing along. <laughs> No, she she's not funny, and she doesn't want anybody to make fun of her, and she wants to be in control the whole time. We're doing this cooking segment because that's what you do when you do morning talk shows, a radio, a TV show. If you don't have anything to do, you just do a, like a 14-minute cooking segment. So she came on, and there's this kid who was crying, little, little baby is in the front row crying. So while she's taking cherry tomatoes, how's that drink, Sherry? You just swallowed it into the microphone. You okay, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, she she's taking cherry tomatoes, you know how the big those are, and she's carving them into tiny jack-o'-lanterns. Oh come on! I'm sorry. No cherry tomatoes. What 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 would what, what was she, the cherry tomatoes this big? So what would she use as a carving tool to not stab herself? Something you could buy from her for fifty bucks. But she you put them in the freezer first, or put them in the refrigerator, make them nice and cold, and then you can more easily cut them. So while she's doing that, this baby's crying. So I said to this lady, I'll take the child. So I went down and got this little baby, and I'm holding on to the baby and just so I'm over her shoulder while she's doing the cooking segment. And I'm holding the baby, holding the baby, and then as a joke, because you know it's getting really boring and watching her cut cherry tomatoes into jack-o'-lanterns, I took I said, Do you smell something? And, of course, Martha's all concerned because the chicken is cooking. So she goes, oh, well, that's all fine. And I said, no, I don't think it's the chicken. So I picked the kid up because, you know, that's what you do. And I held the baby up, and then I smelled the baby's diaper. And I went, oh, oh, it's the baby. It's, I'm sorry, Martha, it's the baby. <laughs> and then I took the baby's butt over to her face while she was working. Oh, and I <laughs> held, held the baby's rear end right up against the side of her face. Wait, and she had she had a problem with that? Why? <laughs> Come on, I baby, mean, baby, baby, yeah. baby, prop joke. Come on. Right. I mean, who would not want a baby's dirty diaper up in their face while they're cooking? 
find me someone that doesn't want that. Roll with oh. it. Come on. <laughs> hey, uh, all right, well. We are adding nice to the help. drop collection today. Oh, I'll my tell you lordy. Why. By the way, she, uh, so that's it? She just wears no underwear but a bathing suit? She is always ready for a swim. Okay. Well, it worked. I guess she's trying to get publicity. It's blew four minutes on her. Uh, all right, let's go over to Nate over there <laughs> in the beacon. Wait, wait, wait. Here's somebody from Palm Beach. Hey, everybody. It's Sue Bell in Palm Beach. And I just want to show you one of my favorite knit dresses. Oh, it's good. just so easy and it packs. I actually bought this for a Mediterranean cruise. And it was oh. just wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. I think it's amazing. She died on the cruise recently. <laughs> no, no. No, I'm just kidding. Sue Bell? No. She's <laughs> following her on Instagram. Thank you, Sherry Buggies Auto Service Centers. With 16 locations, been around for 53 years. I don't think there's any other choice that you could possibly make that's the best place to take your car than Buggies, Buggies Auto Service Centers. A lot of people take Uber. Some people sit in the back. They're on their phones or texting or they're reading or just sort of looking out the window. Um, I talk to Uber drivers if I sort of sense that they want to talk a little bit about whatever they're doing. Uh, Nick uh, got picked up the other day in Salt Lake. The guy had this beautiful brand-new Tesla. And he was all dressed up, and she said, um, "My, you're really dressed up." And where you? I, I don't normally get an Uber driver that's so fancy. He goes, "Well, I'm dropping you off at the airport because I'm flying to Chicago to have dinner with my daughter tonight, and then I'm going to fly back later on this evening." Wow! So that's a quick trip from Salt Lake to Chicago for dinner, and then back again. Uh. She says, oh, you live in Salt Lake? He says, well, actually, I live outside near Park City. And she knows the neighborhood. or It's in Salt Lake. She knows the neighborhood because she grew up there. And the guy is living in a multi-million dollar home in this neighborhood where just the richest of the rich live in Salt Lake if they're not living in Park City. And she said, wow, that's really nice. And how? why are you driving an Uber? And he says, oh, I just like to meet people. I make connections. I, I have my real estate license and just you meet a lot of people and then I might get a listing out of it, but I just enjoy meeting people. And he said, this is the, uh, it's a great opportunity to sort of just be part of the community. And then he goes on to tell the story. He's because they, they had a bit of a drive to get to the airport. There was some traffic getting there. So his mother comes in from Columbia. He's seven years old. And the father was living in New York and was sending money back to her and the children, the two children. And one day the mother decided to take both of the kids from Columbia to New York to visit the father. They go to the address. They knock at the door. The door is opened. And they can look in there. And they she sees her husband but sees another family in there. The brother quickly closes the door and won't let her come in. And she's trying to get in and to talk to her husband. She's yelling through this giant metal closed door in this apartment. The brother of the man explains that you can't come in. She quickly assesses that there's another family in there that he's basically has a second family. The brother hands her $80 and keys to a car and says, here, take the car. Here's $80. You have to get out of here. So this woman from Columbia with two young children, one five, one seven, gets in a car, 
She has only one other name of somebody that she knows that lives in New Jersey, but she doesn't know where the woman lives, but it's in this project, these projects, these four giant buildings. So all she has is the name. They park out in front of the housing complex there in Jersey. And everyone that walks out of the door, it's cold, and everyone that walks out of the apartment, she runs up to them and says, do you know this person? No. Do you know this person? No. So they sit in this car in the cold for days and days and days and days. They eat ravioli or whatever out of cans just for food. And every once in a while, the mother, although she only has $80 and less now because she had to buy some food, she has to turn the car on and off every once in a while just to heat the car up. They sit in this freezing cold car as the mother runs to every single person that comes out of these buildings. Finally, she finds the woman. And the woman takes pity on her and says, well, I can't offer you much, but um, you could work at my dry cleaner. So this woman from Columbia with these two young children gets a job at this dry cleaner, and she's such a great employee and so good with the people. She eventually learns fairly good English and works at the dry cleaner. The kid, now the Uber driver in his 50s, 40s, he is on honor roll at school, but he has no social security number. So he goes all the way through high school, but he can't go to college because he doesn't have a social security number. He could easily have gotten a scholarship, but he can't because without a social security number. The mother continues to work at the dry cleaner. The mother, the woman that owns the dry cleaner, loves this lady so much, sells her the dry cleaning business. She saves up her money, makes enough that she buys two more dry cleaning businesses. So her, so the guy's mom buys two dry, free dry cleaning business. The guy who can't go to college because he doesn't have a social security number, who's been brought into the country at the age of seven, he gets a job at a Chinese restaurant, and he is just as diligent as his mother. And he works and works and works and works at this Chinese restaurant. And he saves up enough money. When he hears that the family that owns the restaurant wants to sell it, he says, I'll buy it from you, and I'll pay you back every single month. So he gets sort of a running lease on the place. He's able to save up enough money. He buys two more. <laughs> He's like, Nick sitting in the back seat. As this guy's driving and occasionally looking back at her through the rearview mirror as he's telling these parts of his stories of his life, he gets a um, real estate license. He marries this woman. They get a real estate license. They now own 11 properties in Salt Lake. And he says, the greatest thing about America, you can come here with nothing, nothing, and make something of yourself. No other country in the world. Nowhere else, anywhere in the world could you come with not three words of English and five dollars in your pocket. But if you work hard, if you work hard and you're kind to people and they return the kindness to you, you can have a great life. So he drops her off. Nick uh, hugs him. He goes, well, I'm, I'm going to park over here because I'm going to be right behind you. I'm going to get on a Delta flight to go see my daughter in Chicago. His daughter, by the way, is a doctor. Mm. It's it's like you hear these stories and you're like, oh, my God. So a 20-minute drive from Nick's mom's house to the airport, she hears this about this guy's life. It's just, it really just not only restores your faith in mankind, but in America and the chances of America. And it does open your eyes up to people that are... Listen, there's 10 million people that have just come right through. We have no way of knowing who they are. 
a big percentage of them are coming to this country because they know they could possibly do something with their life. Because there's no other place in the world, no other country except more legal immigrants, legal immigrants to this country than America. But the people that are coming here, the majority of them just want a better life. There are people that are taking advantage of the fact that we don't enforce any laws. But there's a case, there's an example of this guy at the age of seven comes in from Colombia, and now here he is just fabulously wealthy, but even more importantly than that, just wants to care about other people. It is truly the land of opportunity. And it's one of the things that I think upsets people so much is that when people come in and squander the opportunity and don't take full advantage of the things that, you know, this country has to offer, which is mm. amazing stuff, crazy, yeah. great stuff. Isn't yeah. it wild how many people that are born and raised here, quote unquote, squander the opportunity too, or just don't even appreciate it? You know, it like takes somebody a story like that to sit, you know, kind of take a step back and go, wow, this country is amazing and there is incredible opportunity, but people are just so they're so entitled and so just you know, mm. they don't they never have an appreciation for it because they've never known anything else. Right. You talk to somebody in in uh, Florida. Those people that that when um, Castro went in and took everything from them, and then they were forced to flee and come to America, <clears throat> um, or the 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 boat people from from Vietnam that were blocked by the Democrats in in California, the people that come here, they they know. You hear from people from other countries that really you think you think America is is a horrible place. You should see where I left, right? They know and they appreciate it. But you're right. Is the native-born folks either that hate America and everything that it stands for? Mm, not quite sure what that is. You know, they crap all over. You know, Western society. Where, believe me, if there's if they if this goes away, there's no other. As Ronald Reagan says, there is no other place in the world. But uh, isn't that amazing? I said to Nick, you got to get the guy's phone number. Let's. I'd love to talk to him. So she's trying to find him. She's writing to Uber because you can you can get your the driver's name. They'll contact you. So yeah, it should be actually in, in her phone. If you go through like that's, recent trips, that's what I said, Nick. Oh, but I mean, that's what I said. <laughs> Sorry, I called you Nick. Wow, that's what I said, Sherry. But watching Nick work her phone because she's got these long fingernails—it's so frustrating. Oh my! Click, just hit, click right there. Just click it. Click, hit, hit that button. So it's not her <laughs> fingerprint; it's a nail. <laughs> It's a, no, okay. it, it, you got to put the nail sort of sideways. I'm like, oh. hey, hey, just give me the phone. Just give me the phone. <laughs> give me the phone. Well, that's why she's got a husband. That's so funny because I say the same <laughs> thing to you every time you're in the studio. I know. I don't know how to work it. Just get out. <laughs> I realize that. Joe's giving us two stories to do here, Sherry. You think we can do both? Okay. Yeah, we try. Okay. Uh, Texas says the, the the total population in this little town is just going to just swell. What? How many people actually people going to be moving in there? Because they've got the eclipse coming, so the town declares a state of emergency because all these people are going to be coming in to watch the eclipse. Did you have any interest in the eclipse? Remember when that happened? I guess it was what three or four years ago, maybe longer. Mm -hmm. I made and I made a I made a shoebox and got out there and looked at it. Yeah. Could you see anything? Yeah, no, not really. 
that's, that's always the thing. This is something that people could do, though, which is kind of a, an interesting take on it. You could mm. you could book a flight, or you could have booked booked a flight, but now they're all sold out. Where okay. you fly actually over the eclipse, so you get to see it from the air. You get on board uh-huh. a flight from Austin to Detroit, Michigan, and that way you can see it. That would be cool, I think. Yeah. Yes, but here in this little town of Texas, for some reason, I guess the, where it's going to be on the equator and everything else, you can see more of it. So the town, what's the state of emergency, that they don't have any room for everybody? Well, yeah, that's part of it. And they're putting limits okay. on things like if you have a party of 50 or more, you have to get a permit for it. 50? Uh, they, yeah. A party of 50? Yeah. What, that's like a... Just, is that like Saturday afternoon what for that? you guys? No. What, yeah, what's wrong with 50, Joe? Who's got a party of 50? Joe Mama. What, is, it, is it too many? Or Try, too... Yeah, it's too many. Who travels with 50 people? No, well, no, no. When no. you get down there and other Look, people meet yeah. you, there's a lot of these nerds that are really into this stuff. <laughs> Glad you said that. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, yeah. So they're saying the population could double. And that's a very big deal. So in anticipation of that, they're already declaring yeah. a state of emergency. And that way they can, I guess, get some federal funds to help with all oh. this. Oh, federal funds. As mentioned funds. earlier, Bell County <laughs> Judge David Blackburn issued an emergency declaration today for April the 8th, the day of the total solar eclipse. He says the county's population of 400,000 could double or triple because of people looking for the best view of the eclipse. That could put a strain on the county's infrastructure. The declaration means the county office of emergency management can communicate easier with the state Depart- department of emergency management if necessary. Judge Blackburn also announced that county offices will be closed that day. He recommends everyone stay home to enjoy the eclipse. <laughs> what? Why? Wait, is it a day off? Is everybody paying for those people to go home and watch the eclipse? I guess if you're a county employee, you can consider it to be a a vacation day. But how long does an eclipse last? Not very long. Not very long. (laughs) No, you're just watching things go across, and then it just blocks the sun out and then just keeps moving. So we're saying tops 10 minutes? 10 seconds to seven and a half minutes, depending on where you are. So seven uh, seven and a half minutes max. So you get the day off, the whole day off, yes. for what potentially is an under 10-minute event. Well, you guys yeah. are talking totality. Totality oh. is less than 10 minutes. If you oh. start from the very oh. beginning to the end, it's a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, nerd man. Whoa. Uh, I know where Nate's going to be. Nate with the beginning of traffic. April. Yeah. 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 down there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I made I made the shoebox. You put the pinhole yeah. in and you look at through the shoebox and it'll thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Don't look directly at it. You know, no. the glasses are way more fun. Says Joe. <laughs> the other nerd. Whoa. 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 Maybe you two can wow. get a group of 50 together. Yeah. <laughs> Joe keep yelling, 50, 50, 50. 50. The bullying today, shit. Wow. I know. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's okay, Joe. I'm sorry. Yeah. I never want to hurt yeah. you. No. Yeah, Thank let's get you. Teeny to go over there and do something to you. <laughs>